Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where you're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one. We will be spoiler-free of details from future episodes, but full spoilers on for any episodes that we have discussed in the past. I'm Jason, and you can find me right between the clowns and the talking hot dog. Mm -hmm. And grabbing my dart gun so I can trank my boss, I'm Harrison. Uh, Jason, which episode did we watch today? Ooh, today we are watching Angel, Season 2, Episode 5, Dear Boy. Mm. This is the one where Darla is finally revealed to Angel, and, whoo boy, a lot of stuff happens, and, yep, Kate has reached, like, peak unlikability. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, for an episode where Darla's doing some really fucked up manipulative shit, I was like, God damn it, fuck you, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Boy was written and directed by David Greenwald, pulling double duty this week, and originally aired on October 24th, 2000. Jason, what are you drinking today? Uh, well, you made it for me. Uh, <laughs> Harrison was nice enough to share uh, some vodka, and he happened to pour some cranberry juice into mine, which is one of my favorite drinks, actually. It just happened to. <laughs> just like, oops! <laughs> uh, do you want this? I accidentally poured, accidentally poured cranberry juice into this vodka. <laughs> Uh, I'm also having vodka, um, but uh, I, I don't do love a vodka cranberry, but I was, I've was i been craving some orange soda. I won't go into the details of the origin story of the orange soda, um, but it involves heartbreak. Um, I mean, it actually does, but for very Harrison reasons yeah. of heartbreak. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't get it at the restaurant after I ordered it. So I bought some and... <laughs> Uh, yes, I put some vodka in my orange soda because I'm a grown-up. Hey. Yeah. That's that's kind of a screwdriver. I guess it's a fizzy mm. screwdriver. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's a good... A Phillips head screwdriver. A Phillips head screwdriver. I wonder if there is... I'm going to look this up while you, while you do the toast, but I'm going to look on my Mixology app to see if there's like an official name for what I'm drinking. All right. Well, then... Whilst you do that, I will do the toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, this is our first episode of the year 2022. Woo. And uh, I know a lot of people don't like to put stock in the new year because a lot of people say, like, oh, it's just a just new calendar you have to buy. But I, for mm-hmm. one, enjoy the, uh, I, for one, enjoy um, the idea of renewal and kind of like a blank slate uh, to work with and set some new goals and in the end just try to make ourselves a little bit better i've always enjoyed that and uh so yeah so unironically i say here's to the year 2022 and all the potential that it holds yes cheers yeah i agree that there i mean yeah there's nothing real about the year except that you know we've gone around the sun one more time but um, but yeah, it's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking some time to reflect back and look forward. And yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's a nice, um, 
it's a nice kind of built-in starting point. Mm-hmm. I know that there's so many people who are like, oh, I want to do this. I want to build up this habit. I just don't know like how to get started, when to start. And I mean, it, it can be going to the gym. It can be uh, starting a diet. It can be um, trying to read more or, you know, just trying to like be like take more time for your mental health. But, but like people are always like, oh, I don't know when I would be able to start it. And here's like a built-in yeah. starting point. It's nice number one. Yeah. Like I missed a couple days on while we were out of town on Pokemon Go and started back up on January 1st. It's perfect. It's so even. He's yeah, so that, furious yeah, at me. Yeah, that, that's, the, po- that's <laughs> the, the point I was going the, for. The, the, the look in your eye where you, I can see in your mind going, I should leave. I should get up and leave. I just, I've never, <laughs> I've never played Pokemon Go and it's, honestly, I'm surprised that people are still playing it. I think it's fun. I mean, I, I guess it just, how is it still going? I mean, I'll be honest, not a lot of people still play it, <laughs> but uh, I've been. It's a. It's also just not to get us in the weeds already, but like, but you know, it's twenty twenty two. Never will never change. Um, <laughs> um, like John and I enjoy like it's a fun way for like him and I to like go on walks together and like oh look there's like something cool over here let's go check it out. Um, there you go. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, dear boy. Oh my goodness. Whew. Wow. I. I, th- I said this at the end of our last episode, but this episode really does feel like this Angel Season 2's kind of, it's no place like home. Um, it's not quite as flashy, but it's definitely like, okay, we're setting up themes and like but major then, you know, set pieces for the season. Of, we've talked about this before. Angel is, Buffy's more of the grandiose like world coming to an end. Here's mm-hmm. this apocalypse. Here's this beast we have to fight. Whereas Angel is kind of more of the nitty gritty and the dirty. I mean, they obviously have the recurring antagonist of Wolfram and Hart. <coughs> and, uh, excuse me. And yeah, it's just, it's it's not as spectacular, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make it any less good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, and I love that it's just like the way it, uh, similar to no, how No Place Like Home did it. Where it's like, okay, we've had a couple episodes to get back into things, but like, okay, now here's what we're doing. Yep. Um, and in this case, it's all about Darla. Yeah. Or um, Dieta Kramer. Oh boy. <laughs> Dieta. That, that, what an interesting name. But it's probably French, maybe Italian. I don't know. Sounds like something that, uh, Sounds like the name of uh, somebody that Hannibal Lecter would uh, be with. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, on the Mixology app, before we get into the episode, there was there are only a couple drinks that came up with orange soda as an ingredient, none of which were vodka. But there's a Bite Me, which is rum, orange soda, and root beer. Um, an Orange Beam, which is Jim Beam, bourbon whiskey, and orange soda straightforward um an original mojo which is rum blackberry brandy lager pineapple juice seven up coca-cola and orange soda that is a lot and i don't know if that works oh oh, but it's like a punch i don't know if that makes it better but i mean i feel like drinking that you get a punch (laughs) in the face (laughs) 
There's a Royal Rumble, which is beer, gin, orange soda, and egg. Well, it's like in the wire when they like, uh, oh, when they like take the they take the shots of whiskey and then they mm-hmm. crack the egg into the beer and then uh, drink and then like just chug that yeah. with the beer and like that's like the breakfast combo or Ugh, something. Yikes! Uh, and then a wine crush, which is red wine and orange soda. But I also felt like there was a drink that's called a dreamsicle that uses orange soda. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, not re- not important. Um. So I think we should definitely call that a Phillips head screwdriver. Yeah, we coined it. You coined <laughs> it. This I am drinking a Phillips head screwdriver. All right. But yeah, so uh, Angel's uh, Angel is still having sleeping issues, and he's acting as Cordelia says, like the world's oldest teenager. <laughs> she sets a mug of tea on the table for for him right in front of him. And he sits on the couch. He's like, but it's so far away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And uh, meanwhile, Cordelia and Wesley are arguing. What? Them? Those two? I can't believe it. Believe it or not. (laughs) And as usual, it's usually about money and (laughs) the lack of it in this case. And... uh, Cordelia just says, like, uh, you know, we don't really need to pay Wesley, do we? (laughs) Maybe we can pay him, like, $10 for every time he identifies a demon in a book. So pay him on commission. Yeah, and then uh, Wesley threatens to hit her with said book. Uh, And then, like, picks it up, and it's a fucking... It's a tome. Well, I mean, very few of the books that Wesley has in this series are small. That's true. That's true. He doesn't go for those mass market paperbacks of... (laughs) demon anthologies from the like 1700s oh my god um but yeah cordelia does in fact get a vision and uh and uh, while she's dealing with that angel starts having some daydreams of darla so that's kind of the reason why he still hasn't been sleeping well yeah oh darla damn but anyway uh they find out that there is a uh, a thrall demon, and uh, they find a location for it. They call up Gun because uh, they need some more muscle. And uh, when they head, to... this is so weird because it's like it's in this um what used to be an underground convent, yeah, but is now like a water facility of some sort. It's very strange. But I, there are so many pillars. So many pillars. And it was I mean visually <laughs> striking. It but is like yeah. and it, and it yeah. works for the it works really well for the later scene in the episode. Yeah. But then there's like this random staircase and they're slowly going down it while all, well, they're like, all the followers are basically fighting each other on how to worship the Thrall Demon. And as Angel says, and as I've said before on this podcast, this is why I don't go to church. Yeah. Um, I Angel's also pretty pissed that no one, like, acknowledges his joke. And um, Angel getting mad that no one's acknowledging his sense of humor is one of my favorite angel quality. It doesn't happen too often, but when it does, it's gold. <laughs> yeah. It's like, buddy, if you want people to think you're funny, tell jokes more often. Not, don't get to, don't, don't become Xander, but like. <laughs> oh boy. God, I, you know what I really hate though? I hate when you tell a joke, nobody hears it, 
except one person and they think it's funny so they repeat the joke then everybody hears it and they're like oh, yeah it's pretty funny yeah. that has happened so many times and it infuriates me well next time it happens tell me and i'll punch them and if it's me well then i guess you just got to be funnier jason i have no problem punching you <laughs> Uh, honestly i feel like it's long over too <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> but uh when they get down there um they find the thrall demon it's which, gross yeah it's basically just the nastiest version of olmec from legends of the hidden temple mm. that you could possibly imagine oh God. it's like just a face it's just a slimy big face yeah like olmec i know but i don't know <laughs> It's very upsetting. It's it's like if you threw Olmec in the microwave. <laughs> or it's all crispy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nasty. I hate it. Also, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, just like go onto YouTube and search Legends of the Hidden Temple. Probably like... Dude, the show was fucking dope. The coolest game show for kids to be on ever. Did you... See, I could never decide if I wanted to be on Legends of the Hidden Temple or Double Dare. Oh, Legends of the Hidden Temple all the way. We're all, oh god. Yeah. It was kind of a 50-50 for me, but anyway. Although I did kind of enjoy Figure It Out. Oh yeah, Figure It Out was fun. Uh, just so much slime. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, and so Cordelia marks on like, well, at least they're fighting each other and not us, so of course... The followers decide to just fight them instead. And uh, Gunn's kind of looking for backup, but Angel is too busy wailing on this guy that tried to burn him and continues to wail on him. Yeah. And Gunn eventually uses his awesome axe, his hubcap axe, to uh, put it right through the head of that thrall demon. I We should also know, I think, uh, that Cordelia comes really close to getting the kill. Uh, before before one of the Thrall Demon's followers stops her. Um, yeah, I gotta say, Cordelia does become fairly... Uh, Cordelia's combat level has risen oh, since yeah. the move to L.A. And I mean, you have to think, when she moved to L.A., was she planning on... <laughs> did she think that these were how her days and nights were going to go? I think we know the answer to that is no. <laughs> Yeah, um, remember when we were so proud of her for staking one vampire in graduation day? And here she is. And, yeah, and here, here she, she is, is fighting like a fighting like a fighting a like Chuck E. Cheese token covered in goo. Oh, so upsetting, but so <laughs> it's like a it's like a it's like a scab with a face on it. <laughs> But it's a green scab. <laughs> oh, you know what? You were mentioning that it reminded you of a demon that maybe we've seen before. There is a demon we haven't... Let me look, we've obviously seen it because we've watched the show before. But uh, it's a gooey little creep that's going to be in an ep- a, a Buffy Season 5 episode. Alright, so coming up. Um, yeah, I'll point it out when we get to that All one. Right. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Angel decides so they have to like pull Angel off of that guy who's already dead um, I assume I mean you take that many punches from a vampire <laughs> while you're on the ground I think you're dead probably um, but yeah so R.I.P. dude 
Yeah, everybody leaves the uh, leaves the water facility thing, <laughs> and like you have all these guys who are still wearing their robes, and I kind of want to know what's the deal with them, like. Were they just enthralled? Like, were they just under the thrall of this demon? It's, I guess. Or were they like legit worshippers? Um, well, I do they have day jobs to go back to? I think it's like both. I think it's like they're under the thrall to worship it because it does seem like once they kill it, like the it, the spell ends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all just like kind of awkwardly just like, oh, what do we do now? Come, my wife is gonna be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and uh, so they're like, hey, what the hell's the matter with you, Angel? And he's just like, I need to go clear my head. Uh, but he does see Darla walking through the streets, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the longest cold open we've had on the show yet. Yeah, it was. Uh, would we clock it at like six minutes? Six minutes. And... Six and a half minutes. Yeah. Um. So uh, yes, and uh, then we go. Then we have a flashback. Flashback. And uh, we've got not only Angel's wonderful locks, but also his wonderful Irish accent. You know what I love? Julie Benz doesn't even bother. Like <laughs> she just. <laughs> so I think I think what she does, I've noticed it because she obviously doesn't have a ludicrously. Uh, ludicrous Irish accent. What um, she does have is just a very proper accent. Yeah. That um, just like a careful pronunciation of your words, and that can kind of come across as British. Like it's a poor man's British accent. No, Not to be confused with Cockney, which is a poor <laughs> British man's accent. No, but you're right. It's like she's not. I'm doing sorry. Anything. I thought that was funny. It Laugh. was. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It was funny. Um. But she, you're right. She's not doing like she. Yeah, she's just speaking very clearly, very with a lot of diction, and it's honestly it's enough. It, like she's not trying to do any sort of accent that's not her own, but it does feel appropriate for the era. Whereas, and you there's know, enough differentiation between that accent and how she sounds in the current day, right? And I will say, uh. uh, uh Fuck it. I'm just going to say it. I was like, is this too much of a spoiler? Um, and I think it's fine to say because it's not a big plot point. But we are going to learn in a few episodes that Darla, before she was sired, was living in uh, the New World, quote unquote, uh-huh. in the Americas. Yes, at that time period, the accent was not an American accent, but or, or as we know it today. But right. it's fine. Um, but yeah, but of course, David Boreanaz is going like full brogue, uh, you know. Oh, Darla. Oh, Darla. Uh, she's like. Why did you kill the streetwalker? <laughs> I just liked her. Uh, she's so, like, um, he's like, Darla, am I going to have the surgery? And she's like, <laughs> no, Angel, you're going to die. <laughs> So, um, really funny thing, uh, there is a, there's an account that I follow on Twitter that, like, throws out random stuff from the Buffyverse, and, um, right before New Year's, they posted, may 2022 be better than the Irish accents and Angel, <laughs> and all I could think of was, like, is the bar really that low? Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw that, too. I was like, did we tweet, did, 
I might have retweeted that on the Booze and Buffy account. Okay. I can't remember. I definitely saw that. Um, but yeah, it's it's like, but it's also one of those things where it's like... Surely we can do better than that. <laughs> it's so bad, but like, at this point, it's like a comfort. Yeah. You know, it's like, I can always rely on David Boreanaz's Irish accent being bad. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's that's the one constant in this world. I mean, that and the New York Jets will always be bad at football. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what that means. They're not good at football. Ah, thank <laughs> you for explaining. <laughs> the New Jersey Jets. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, so we have our flashback. Uh, Angel goes up to Darla. Um, she has killed a... Uh, a guy who was trying to get a who's trying to get like a a prostitute, um, and she also killed the prostitute. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, prostitute, not R.I.P. Old creep. But yeah, so uh, she does, however, tell Angel that something big is about to happen, and uh, and she says you have to guess, and so he looks and he sees the cast of Little Women walking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. and all of a sudden meg turns around no it's just like it was four girls it drusilla's such a beth <laughs> i mean just saying um i think pre 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 yes pre yeah, no, she's a beth. yeah yeah um but yeah um one of the girls does turn around and it's revealed to be drusilla so yeah now. one of the I think the second of, I think, only two times that we ever see pre-vampire Drusilla. Um, we yeah, got it being becoming part one. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, we de- it's like we definitely get a flashback where she's in the con- or in the church confessional with Angelus. Yeah, I think it's becoming part one. Yeah, it would have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and this episode here. Um, I also just want, speaking of Drusilla, because this reminded me of Spike and Drusilla's introduction, um, where she, like, scratches his face and, like, licks the blood off. There's, I think that's when that happens. Anyway, there's this great moment that I love between uh, Angelus and Darla, where she's got, like, a little bit of blood dripping from the corner of her mouth, um, from the people she just killed. Mm -hmm. And Angelus, like, kisses it off um, also it was a we have really a, nice touch also we have a later on just the uh the blood coming down darla's like neck um but we'll get to that yeah Oof. uh but yeah and um uh darla does say that Drusilla is a girl who is gifted with visions and uh and so like when Drusilla turns around she knows what angel's up to like <laughs> right away and so uh He's like, oh, this is going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. It's, I, I'm almost disappointed that we don't get more, pre, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I was going to be like, I wish we could see more of, like, all this stuff between Drusilla and Angelus. And then I was like, ooh, maybe I don't want to see all of that because... It, what he does to her is so horrific. Yeah, like maybe yeah. maybe the little bit we get is enough. I I, I, I actually will err on that side with <laughs> yeah. you. Um, but now we finally get kind of something that should have happened a while back. Angel does tell Wes and Cordelia that he's been seeing Darla, and uh, and yeah, and he thinks that like um, that she's alive, 
And, uh, of course, Wesley's like, well, you did stake her three and a half years ago, uh, back in season one, episode seven nice. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was the very first episode <laughs> that I, uh, that I was ever on the yeah. show. And like, like David Boreanaz, you were a guest star at the time and then became a series regular. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to point out this one moment, one, because it's funny, but also because it's just like. It's true, but not for the reasons Cordelia thinks. They're trying to tiptoe around basically being like, you're saying things, which is what they believe, but they don't want to say. Except for when Cordelia goes, I think you're crazy and you need to go to therapy. To which I will say, one, rude, and, uh, you know, crazy is not a nice thing to call people, Cordelia. But also, yes, they should all be in therapy. Every single character in the Buffyverse should be in therapy. They would be so much better off if these people just went to fucking therapy. Quite frankly, <laughs> everybody should go to therapy. Well, yes. <laughs> but I'm kind of wondering, like, are there therapists out there that are qualified to deal with the crap that every one of these characters has gone through? Yes. Okay. There's at least one. And his name is... A name I'm not going to say. But it's the host. Oh, well, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Good old Andy Hallett. The host would be a phenomenal therapist. But I mean... He, Once he gets, like, the medical training side yeah, of it. Yeah, the thing is, I don't think he's really the uh, sit down on the couch and discuss it. He's cute. more of a, like, um, Caritas is exactly kind of how yeah. he does his thing. And I think he does a great job. I think... Um, I'm trying to think of her. You know who would be a great therapist if that's like what she chose to do with her life? Tara McClay. It's very empathetic, very understanding. Not Tara as we've seen her at this moment. Um, oh yeah, because... she needs to go to school for it. She'd need well, to get a little more confidence. Exactly. Like... Yeah. She 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 um she still stutters when she talks. Yeah. Um, every now and again, she's still a little um in within herself. Uh, but I think she has it in her. I mean, I she, believe in her. as we will learn, especially in our next episode, so she's capable of very many things. Do you know who would be the worst therapist? And then we're done with this and we'll continue with okay. the episode. Who's the, who'd be the worst therapist? I mean... There's a lot. There's, there's a, a long lot. list. Um, Like Anya. Be a really bad therapist. <laughs> <laughs> really, really terrible. I think even Xander could probably do a better job <laughs> than Anya. And I would, that is like the only time you will ever hear me say that I think Xander would do better than Anya. This can we just <laughs> say that, like, when, um, when, uh, when that client says to Angel, oh, do you think my wife is cheating on me? He just, like, just, like, drive by says, probably. Probably. <laughs> Way to channel Anya there. <laughs> it really was. Oh, it was so funny. But we'll get to that. Anyway, um, go ahead. Yeah, they, they, um... Listeners, who do you think would be the best <laughs> therapist in the Buffyverse? But yeah, uh, Angel keeps saying that he's having these dreams because Darla's alive. And Wesley says, maybe you think she's alive because you're having these dreams. Circular reasoning is circular reasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh... But, yeah, and so then we go to Wolfram and Hart, where the very much alive Darla is talking with the very much plastic-handed Lindsay. There's a lot of great sexual innuendo in this episode. This isn't one of them. This is not one of them. Not one of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just remember when, when uh, Darla. So what Darla does is she starts like caressing Lindsay's plastic hand, saying like, "Are you sure you don't feel anything?" Which I mean, you could dig deep into the fact that like, oh, I mean. Is the loss of his hands signifying of his further loss of humanity and conscience, and he doesn't feel anything anymore? He's totally committed to the Wolfman Heart point of view, or like, oh, you don't feel anything, and he says, "Not in my hand." And I just said, "Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay, you little scamp." I feel um, like that's the voice I need to use whenever Lindsay does something ridiculous. Can we just talk about the fact that like Darla definitely wanted to detach that and use it as a dildo? I mean, wouldn't it be easier as, like, just a fist? I mean, it's like... I guess it's hard to use a fist that's not a fist. It's not a full... But it is... You're right, though. It's not, like... It's not a fist, but it's also not completely open. It's like a... Like a... Like a... It's enough so that... Listen, I, I just want to say this before I get canceled. I am not in any way making fun of amputees... Or, or anything. No, we're but specifically sh- talking about what Darla yeah. was doing to yeah. that hand. But also later in the episode, when Lindsay uses it to dial the phone, use your other hand, buddy! That Anyway. <laughs> he, he had to be facing, like, the camera. I, oh my gosh. Uh, it also just... As a prosthetic... Not, or not as... It, it just as a prop, it looked... Bad. Like, it, it didn't yeah, look... Yeah, it looks a little cheap. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure... Obviously, they weren't going to go out and get, like, a real, like, medical prosthetic that would look more accurate, but as the the prop itself looked, yeah, pretty but, cheap. But uh, we, got, we got an interesting thing that he'll have after that prop, though. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's not for a little while. Uh, but, yeah, let's... Um, let's... Let's go to the police station where uh, we get a character that everybody wanted to see again. Kate Lockley, who's been kind of on the down low. Yeah, when, uh, when did we see her last? It hasn't been season this one. It's, yeah, it's been season one. I can't, I can't remember if she was, was in the, if she was in the season finale or not. But I can't either. I, like The last time I can remember seeing her for sure was Sanctuary. Um, when... Faith turns herself in. Yeah. But, uh... Anyway. Yeah, so basically, here's what's happened to her. She developed her obsession with uh, the occult cases. Uh, She's kind of obsessed with tracking down demons now. I'm not upset about this part of her character arc. I actually think that's kind of interesting that she's, like, really, like, focused on... You know, she, she goes the full Mulder. Um, and I think that's fine. It's this irrational... You know who needs to go to fucking therapy? <laughs> she's, had to, she's had to go to therapy for a while. Oh my gosh, this totally irrational hatred of Angel is... And it's like... What's frustrating, for for me at least, I don't know if you feel the same, but it doesn't feel... I don't mind characters acting irrationally. Like, sometimes people act irrationally, and sometimes that can be good storytelling, but it doesn't make sense from a character perspective. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make sense thematically. It does, It's not doing anything for the narrative except making me hate a character that I quite liked yeah. when she was introduced. And it's like, also, so much of it is tied to, like, my dad died, and I 
kind of blame Angel I for it. I kind of blame Angel for even it. Even though he wasn't the one who did it. Yeah, it's just, it's so messy. And it's, especially in an episode that is so strong, and in a season overall that I think is so strong, the Kate stuff just does mm-hmm. not work. She's been transferred uh, pretty much away from, like, the the downtown district. Um, her uh, her friend, who I think we saw in the... Who I think we've seen before. Mm. Um, I mean, He did not make enough of an impression on me. Yeah, so. he looked a little familiar, but nothing that I would rack my brain over. Anyway, uh, he says that um, he's... He's uh, a friend of a friend. Send him this. Um, and also, I don't know. And I was asking you about this during the episode. But I don't know if like if Kate's hair is a style is just a style that she's going for, or if it's meant to kind of like show kind of like how she's a little restless going after all this stuff. It doesn't look great. It it's, looks really messy. Well, and it's all over the place too in the episode. I after you pointed it out, I started watching it. And Kate's hair continuity, whoever was in charge of that for this episode, like, because when she, later when she's at Dieta's house, it's like, it's a lot messier and like almost not crimped necessarily, but like, it's not as wavy, but when she's at the hotel, her hair looks a lot better and it's like more like the waves are there. And I'm like, what did she stop? I mean, honestly with fucking Kate, maybe she did. Maybe she did stop to get her hair done. Between Dieta Kramer getting kidnapped and her taking the SWAT team to fucking the fucking Iberian. <laughs> so much emotion. But anyway, um, so uh, what the what's inside the envelope is a picture of the Hyperion, along with a Angel Investigations business card and a post-it note that says he's moved. So now she knows where Angel's base of operation is. So, oh, you know, the last time we saw. Kate was the season finale because it's after Angel Investigations exploded. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Do you think it's Wolfram and Hart who sends that? I think so. It's the um, only thing that makes sense to me. Well, yeah, because I mean, it, it, it seems like they're setting up Angel to, as Wesley says at the end of the episode, a lot of things are kind of like mobilizing against Angel, one of them being the police. And I think they kind of know just Kate's connection to Angel. Yeah. And it's so easy to believe that Wolfram and Hart has, like, dirty cops mm-hmm. on their payroll. Oh, yeah. They've got everybody on their payroll. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then we have this customer, a potential customer. Um, and he is uh, hoping to talk to Angel. Uh, but right now he's uh, talking with Cordelia and Wesley. And he believes that his wife is abducted by aliens frequently. That or she's sleeping with another guy. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. And, I mean... Aliens are more kind of a, they're kind of like they're kind of like leprechauns in this universe. It's like you think that there's a possibility that they could exist, but they they actually don't. Except leprechauns are more like a joke that they don't exist. Yeah. Aliens, I don't know, man. Do aliens ever get brought up in the show? Uh, I guess I guess yeah. going into that too much would be uh, it's uh, spoilers. Spoilery. It's, it's, yeah, there's a. It actually it's funny because it's tied to a comment i made earlier let's just say i'll have a lot to say about aliens later fair enough uh, but I, well and i also would like to caveat that with like for people who aren't like who've not watched the series before aliens are not a major part of the series do not worry if you're like what the fuck are we gonna get the alien season don't worry about that this like, is an it's american okay. horror story it's okay yeah <laughs> uh but yeah so 
they decide to uh, take the case anyway, um, even though Angel seems incredibly not thrilled about it. Uh, so they're in a hotel lobby or a hotel um, restaurant and bar. Yeah, it, it looks like it's all kind of like open concept. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, they've got a. I gotta say, the Angel crew's got some tech on them. Yeah. Cause, I... uh, yeah, because, uh, well, <laughs> Cordelia's outfit, whew. Oh my god. I <laughs> was like, I mean, I, w- I was simultaneously like, damn. And also, how necessary is this? <laughs> like, it's a bit gratuitous, but she looks fucking great. Yeah. I mean, Cordelia looks good in almost anything. Very similar to... Darla. Yeah. <laughs> looks good in almost anything. Uh, but, yeah, so, and Angel and um, Cordelia places, like, a microphone, and Angel has, like, the receiver and an earpiece. I mean, have we seen them use that kind of tech before? I don't think so. And I guess it's, you know, we don't get to see them, I think, a little bit unfortunately um especially throughout season one when that is more the focus we don't get to see them do a lot of detectiving yeah like this is yeah this is definitely like kind of the your standard thing that you would get a pi for like, right i mean think about like jessica jones how that opened up with mm-hmm. like a guy who's like mad that his wife was cheating on him or something and uh yeah, that, that seems to be the standard P.I. work. Right. And um, it's uh, very Veronica Mars, very, you know. And it's I, it's not that I want the show necessarily to be like Angel the Gumshoe, but it is fun to see it, like, in these little contained bursts. And also, Angel's just not really a huge fan of doing it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's definitely a punch-first, uh, investigate-later sort of guy. But, I mean, I kind of... I kind of want to side with him on this, because it's it's a really like underhanded thing to do i realize that they need money but yeah this just isn't like i mean they set out to help the helpless and this is like spying on a guy this is like spying on a guy to confirm adultery yeah i'm like i'm like of a couple minds spying for a guy to commit i'm of a couple minds of it i there's the part of me that's like Angel, you have employees to take care of, uh, which Cordelia, like, points out. She's, like, easy for you to say. Like, you don't have to buy fucking groceries. But also, um, if, if he, if it really bothered him, and I also understand, you know, the caveat is I understand that his head is not in the game right now. If it really bothered him that much, they shouldn't have taken the case in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, I, this is a thing that, bugs me sometime about angel the character um i think it's in it's an in character but it's just a character trait about him that i'm like angel buddy it's like you are running a business like yes the mission is also important but like it is also a business and that, that, that voice wouldn't happen to uh sound like charisma carpenter i mean <laughs> <laughs> i if he was just like hey, I'm not going to do this. We're not going to run this like a business. We're going to do it, you know, all pro bono. Then, And they had the choice to be like, hey, I'd have to go get an actual yeah, but... job. I just, and they do, like, it's, I think the show generally does a good job of balancing the, like, if it's a vision or if someone really needs help and can't pay, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But when it's, like, some rich asshole who's got, like, vampires after him, like, they'll also take his money. 
There is one episode where I do feel like Angel goes too far in the opposite direction that Uh, I know you detest. I'm not a fan. (laughs) But uh, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about how um, they they are able to overhear the conversation between the guy's wife and this looks like delivery guy or something. Like a maintenance guy, maybe? Maintenance guy, maybe, yeah. He's got a uniform. He's got a uniform on. And, uh, yeah, and she's, like, basically just talking with him about how you know, her husband's dumb enough to believe that she's getting abducted, and he talks about probing her, and, uh, yeah, it's gross. Angel, and, um, as they're about to leave, Angel decides, like, you know what, you guys, hey, just tell your, tell your husband, like, that things aren't great between you, either fix it or leave. Yeah. And, uh, this pisses off Cordelia, because that was a paying customer, (laughs) but, uh, more important Angel. Oh, sorry. I just it just reminded me of this because it something I just think we should acknowledge is the scene where Angel like sniffs Cordy's hair and like um cuz that happens earlier when she's after oh, they right, meet the client yeah. and it's so uncomfortable. Personal bubble. And, yeah, personal bubble. It's so uncomfortable, but like it's done really well in this way that where Angel is like David Boreanaz plays it really well where it's like you can tell he's just like almost having like it's like he's dissociating like he's not even realizing what he's doing um i just thought it was a good moment mm-hmm. uh but yeah and so uh angel does spot darla and um he's trying to uh he's like yes finally like now i've got you um however darla is saying that she's a woman named dieta kramer she's waiting for her husband steven to pick her up and uh she does get away and angel's like oh well she's not gonna get far in the sunlight and angel must be getting tired of being wrong all the time because <laughs> she walks right out into the sunlight this is such a good twist the, the the twist that they've been sitting on for a while now that darla was brought back but as a human mm-hmm. um i i love that um you know i don't know what it was but i feel like when i first watched the show I um I just assumed that. Oh really? Yeah, and um, oh, that's funny. That's maybe it's because I never saw her like vamp out or anything, mm. and they never showed her like needing blood, and uh, yeah, for some reason I just yeah. I like when they brought her back. I assumed that it was like as a human. Yeah, they they play it well because. Her appearances in the previous episodes that she's been in in the season have been pretty brief. It's usually just, like, a quick check-in. It's usually she's just, like, in a dark Wolfram and Hart office talking like this to either Lindsay or Lila. Um, And... But but not Lee. Lee. (laughs) Rat face, fuck. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I remember being like, holy shit, like, she's human? Like, yeah. I like it. Yeah, and so... um, he almost gets arrested, and, uh, yeah, and Wesley and Cordelia are like, hey, what the hell's the matter with you? And that's when he's like, no, you guys need to, like, search Dieta Kramer, find out everything that you can. Um, Wesley says, like, oh, vampires don't come back from the dead. And, uh, Angel does say, I did. Um, of course, like, did he actually die, or was he just in a hell dimension? It's like... Uh, we almost harmonized on that um but yeah and angel says that he's going to uh 
he's going to use every single option that he has and his other option being going to Caritas and doing a very, very bad um, karaoke rendition of honestly kind of a bad song already. Yeah, it's Everybody a bad have song. fun tonight. It's a bad song already. It's a terrible, like some bad songs are good karaoke choices, mm-hmm. but it's a bad karaoke choice. And oh God, David Boreanaz plays up how like... It's, well, yeah, because he's not, he's not that, like, this is not him singing Mandy, yeah. in which, like, he had his heart in it. Yeah. He, like, he just wants to use the host abilities, like, yeah. as quickly as possible. I love the moment where he gets to the everybody Wang Chung tonight line, but he's too early. Mm-hmm. And, like, has to stop and then, like, wait for it to catch up. It was a good little detail. But, yes, but the host, um... The host pretty much says that, like, he needs to stay away from Darla. And, because, like, that's the way to madness. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells him that, you know, the host reminds him that the host's purpose is to put people on their path. And Darla is so fucking far off of his path. It's it's another path. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he calls up. So not being able to get help from the host, he calls up... Uh, Cordelia, who has found the address for Dieta and Stephen Kramer. Uh, so, guess where? Guess where Angel's gonna go? Angel, buddy. Yeah, he plays. He plays into this a little too easily, but I mean, as Lindsay points out, um, the reason that they brought back Darla is because if any, like she probably knows Angel better than anybody. Mm -hmm. And if anybody can get under Angel's skin that isn't a vampire slayer um, who's blonde, it's it's a vampire who's Who's blonde. blonde. (laughs) So, two points to that. um, Oh, thanks. Two points to you. Two points to you. (laughs) So, one, we, we skipped over it earlier, but it's just speaking of Buffy. When Angel's like, I've been seeing her around town, and Cordelia's like, oh my god, <laughs> Buffy needs to stay the fuck out of our city. <laughs> Very funny. Um, but also, I, I agree, it's 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 interesting, you're right, how easily Angel falls for this, but it also, to me, makes sense because of the, these weeks of these subtle manipulations yeah. via the dreams. I think if they hadn't done that, and he just saw Darla... He, his guard would go way up, but they've been and and he'd be more reasonable. Yeah, and like, yeah. This but is they've like, been doing this, this is the perfect time for them to like snap their trap. Exactly, they've been doing this fucking with his brain without him realizing it for weeks now. So he's he's super super vulnerable when they yeah when they spring the trap. But it turns out that um, Stephen Kramer is an actor. Who uh, doesn't know when to shut up, and apparently has a previous credit that includes a puppet theater. I don't want to. I don't want to agree with Darla when <laughs> she was like, when Angel's like that man didn't have to die, and she's like he's an actor. But like, oh my god, this dude was annoying. <laughs> he really was, and uh, yeah, it's, it was very, it was very easy for us to just like not care when um, when Darla sicks the Wolferman Heart vampire on, on. Uh, on Steven. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he gets drained and um, she calls, uh, but not not before she calls 911 to say like, oh my God, there's there's somebody in my house that killed my husband. And 
And uh, that's when Angel comes in. Angel, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, falls for it hook, lion, sinker. And of course, a SWAT team shows up. And uh, Angel's Dude. like, you're going to pay for this. And uh, yeah, dude gets a couple of bullets in the back. He's never a fan of. He doesn't yeah. kill him, but he hates it. And you know what we don't get? What's that? A we don't wound get, scene. We don't get a sexy wound cleaning scene. It's I mean, fine. I'm fine. It's okay. I mean, we get a little no, bit of a sexy scene. We with get, a, no, yeah, they make Darla's up for it. Wound. They, they make um, up for it. The uh, uh, Angel shows a little bit of acrobatics here because he jumps up into the attic. Yeah. And, um, of course, because she's listening on the police scanner, of course, Kate is the one that shows up. And um, I don't know, like, if she can pick which cases she takes, but, God, you really hope it would be anybody but Kate. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how it works, but I get the distinct impression that Kate just shows up. Whether or not she's been, like, assigned to the case or not, she just... Just fucking shows up and bullies her way onto it. Yeah. So while this is going on, um, Gunn is shown up, and uh, that's when Cordelia and Wesley sort of accidentally reveal that uh, Angel does have the ability to turn bad and to turn evil, and they say it so casually, and Gunn's like, wait, he can turn evil? <laughs> Which, yeah, that's um, it's kind of a bad thing to be worried about, because as Gunn says, like... Here's this good vampire that I've been helping out, and you're telling me that he can just immediately turn bad. Cordelia's like, he's good 99% of the time. <laughs> what they really need for new Wolf, or not Wolfram and Hart, new uh, Angel Investigations employees is like, they need to have a proper An orientation. orientation. <laughs> um, so maybe uh, a little OJT. You know, as a, as a former training manager, um, you know, I'm pr- I'm, I could really help them out in creating. Uh, an onboarding process for their new hires um, and how to gently break the news you know oh by the way the boss might turn evil and we may have to kill him you know just like any job just, just be ready <laughs> just like... uh, but yeah and uh, and that's when Wesley says that if Angel and Darla like back when they were both vampires that were just out and about killing people they were Probably the most fearsome duo ever. And then we... Uh, you didn't think we forgot about Trezilla, did you? No, I did not. I, you, we know I couldn't. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's flash back. And um, yeah, Angel... Angelus, excuse me. Angelus has killed... Um, has killed uh, Drusilla's family in front of her. She's uh, gone wacky. Um, understandably, <laughs> understandably so. She has just had a complete mental break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Darla shows up, and uh, at first it seems like they're just gonna like fuck in front of her. Uh, not which, in front of her. That's oh yeah, that's not her. what ends up happening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, but then uh, Angel says that he wants to make Drizilla a vampire, and um, and Darla's like, are are you sure? <laughs> because she's kind of like, I mean. It's kind of like torment, and he's like, "Yeah, it'll be eternal torment." <laughs> That's when Darla's like, "Whoa, <laughs> bro, hold on now." <laughs> um, two things I love about this scene: one, while they're fucking on top of her. Uh, oh no, it's while they're about to fuck in front of her. It's before they're on her. 
uh, Drusilla screaming snake in the woodshed, which, <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. that's what's happening, sweetheart. <laughs> but also, it's the, the way this is going to pop up in the the mere fact that you called that tells me that you're not ready. <laughs> Pop secret? Is Oscar my real father? Anyway, um, but the way, it, this is just a beautiful, once again, a beautiful performance from Juliet Landau, who always fucking delivers. Um, but at the when the scene ends and uh, Drusilla, or Darla and Angel are on top of Drusilla having sex, she starts laughing this like maniacal laugh that devolves into tears. Yeah. And it's really, really effective. And it's a really powerful moment for Drusilla who really doesn't, I mean, she doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. She doesn't have any lines in her first scene. We just kind of see her in the, you know, with her family. And then in this scene, she's just babbling and crying. Um, But she takes a little and she runs with it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and, uh, flashback ends there, uh, Kate is talking with Darla, and basically, um, Darla just, like, tries to hint at, oh, this guy is a vampire, um, she doesn't outright say it, but she says, like, somebody who's never seen a vampire before, something was wrong with his face, and she's like, no, I, um, I know exactly, uh, like, you're not crazy. So, Kate immediately believes all this stuff that this woman that she's never met has said about this guy that she, that Kate has personally worked with. I mean, yeah, she's got a grudge, but does she really think that Angel would go into somebody's house and just flat out kill them? Yes, she does. Yeah. This is what this is a this is a very great example of confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. Like, Dieta, Darla tells Kate exactly what Kate wants to hear and so Kate is all too it. all too eager to lap it up despite the logical fallacy that we're Gunn is gonna mention later mm-hmm. that she shouldn't really um, thought and then uh, Angel continues his acrobatics by just like <laughs> sliding down from the tree and then grabbing Darla that was and swiping her up. That was so funny. It was really funny. And I was like, I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but I laughed a lot. Oh no, that was hilarious how they staged it. And um and so Angel decides to take Darla to uh check off smoking underground water facility because uh, there's a reason we had it in there oh my god um and you know we have half of this scene then the SWAT team it going into the Hyperion and then the other half of this scene I want to just go ahead and do the SWAT team in the Hyperion so that we can talk about the other scene uninterrupted I think that's a great idea before you do that mm-hmm. though because I, we should have a serious discussion about the scene in, in the convent reservoir thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm repla- I, I want to say my silly thing first before we get there. Um, I don't have a gay agenda this week. I'm replacing it with a new thing called Harrison's horny agenda. Because, damn, that first half of that scene between Angel and Darla. Hmm. I mean, they're... I mean, there's a lot of things that make you horny, though. That's true. Like, but you are, you're honestly just like I'm. A, I'm a horn dog. I'm a really real. Are. I'm a real big horn dog with mustard. Roger uh, the alien. I. 
listen, the pilot of my flight back from New York was so hot. You don't have to put on Twitter that you want to bang him, though. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know me. Why? Don't try to change me, Jason. Don't try to fix me. I'm perfect I'm just, I am. I'm just saying, you can't do that stuff and not expect the comparisons no, to it, one of TV's most infamous horn dogs. I, it's fine. You, I, you're not the first person to make the comparison. You won't be the last, unless you do it on my deathbed. And I hope you do. I hope you're there when I die. Wow, okay. So I, I'm apparently going to outlive you. It's fine. <laughs> Anyway, um, let's talk about the SWAT team. So yeah, so I mean, Kate does now does now know where Angel is, so she immediately decides to go after Angel with her SWAT team, and they break into the hotel, and uh, she's like, "All right, where is he?" And they're like, "It's not here." It's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you guys gonna help me? Or you want to go down with the boss?" Like, oh god, Kate, you are trying to be Miss Intimidating Cop, and it's not working. It doesn't. What's my favorite is after she's like, do you want to go down with the boss? And Cordy and uh, Wesley both just cross their arms and like stare her down. I was like, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> and um, then of course, we she... talk about her just immediately racially profiling. Oh, guys. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> she's like new player. I like got any priors. And uh, so grabs his ID and like ha- and pulls up a rap sheet on him. Oh my God. Kate. Yeah. Ugh. Not good. Um, but yeah, and so, and they're like, yeah, and so that's when, um, she says that, uh, oh, this Darla person, like, uh, he's obsessed with this woman, um, who he thinks that's this vampire from his past, and, uh, instead, like, all he's doing is just running into people's houses and killing them, and Gunn points out, like, um, he's a vampire? How could he have gone to that house if if the owner of the house isn't already dead? And Kate's like, and then she goes into a whole thing where like, because um, Angel, because Wes and Cordelia, like you know that Angel wouldn't have done this, and um, that's when she says like, oh yeah, because he's good, right? Well, here's the thing, like I'm worried about the people that die in the battle between good versus evil, and she. Tries to pin that on Angel, which, um, yeah, isn't fair. No, it's, this is the, this is the thing, and I, this actually does ring a little more true to me than some of Kate's other stuff, because I do think that is an argument that people like to make of, like, you know, when, yeah, yes, in these sorts of situations, in fantasy or in real life, yeah, there are casualties, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they are innocent people, and that's horrible, but you know, don't go like, after the person who's trying to do the good thing. Go yeah. after the person that's trying to do the bad thing. But they can't because it's an evil law firm. Yeah, it's like it's it's like no, Angel is not responsible. I mean, yeah, Angel probably could have played his cards better, but he is not responsible for the murder of Stephen Kramer, quote unquote, or R.I.P. Whatever your real name was, Stephen Kramer, or the actual Kramers who own that, or house. the actual Kramers. Yeah, those people were murdered. By Wolfram and Hart. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, maybe he would be alive if Angel had done something a little differently, but I don't think that's true. I think if Angel hadn't have played right into their hands, the they way would have he killed does, Stephen Kramer. Anyway. They would have killed him anyway. It's like yeah, blame the people who actually 
there's a lot of things we can blame Angel for. Yeah. He's he's done a lot of bad stuff. <sighs> but yeah, it, Kate's being so illogical and irrational and not in an interesting way. Yeah, and of course, when she's talking about the innocents that are caught in the crossfire, of course she's talking about her father. That guy sucks. Even though, like, <laughs> dude wasn't exactly innocent. Right? Yeah. Ugh, all right. Uh, but yeah, so, but now let's go back to that water facility. So, yeah, Darla puts up this act for, like, she just puts it up until the very end and, uh, just like, oh, I don't know who you are. And, um, and that's when, uh, Angel, he vamps out and, uh, he says like, oh, I'm like, uh, I guess we're done talking. And then he like bites into her neck. And uh, then she says, there's my boy. Mm. And so it's really funny because um, this made me think of a scene from Once Upon a Time. Okay. Um, um, It's a really good, like, I mean, we obviously knew that Darla was, like, all behind this and everything. Um, We knew that she knew about everything. Like, this has all been an act. But it's such a good reveal. Um, Especially, like, after, like, Angel's whole kind of psychotic break about all this is obsession with it this reminds me of a uh, season one of i think i know which one of once me. upon a time um for those of you who aren't familiar with it um it's uh it's about like a a town called storybrook and uh basically all of the characters all the fairy tale characters that you know and love um they were all uh put into the, our world by the evil queen who uh from snow white who performed, who cast a spell and made everybody forget their identities throughout the, what? Uh, I was just, I, I thought you were finished and I was going to, I was going to guess. Oh, the moment well, you're well, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, but throughout the, um, yeah, the, and the, the whole point of season one is that uh, the main character, Emma, uh, shows up to Storybrooke and um, her son is trying to convince her that like, oh, hey, like this is, like, this is a Grumpy the Dwarf. This is Snow White. This is Prince Charming. And nobody really believes that they are who they are. They think they're just ordinary people. And uh, then you've got um, Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, who Mr. Is Gold. Mr. Gold. And um, who's played wonderfully by Robert Carlyle. Okay. I... Good. I I remember the first episode, the first season of Once Upon a Time. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, you know this. Once Upon a Time is like my favorite junk food show. It's 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 trash, but it's for me at least, it's the fun kind of trash. Yeah, I, I got like, I got halfway through season three, and I was pretty much done with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the uh, but yeah, and, but there is this one scene where um, uh, Mr. Gold is uh, sitting in a uh, prison cell. And for some reason or another, I can't remember what. I don't remember. Um, but it's funny because like I watched this scene recently, just like this scene. But then um, the queen, and the queen is obviously, the queen is also the mayor of the town. Um, obviously knows everything because she was the one who cast the spell. So um, she like she sits down with him one on one, and she's like, "Oh, I want you to tell me who you are." I was like, "Oh, I'm Mister Gold," and she's like, "No, I want you to tell me who you are," and that's when. He like just looks at her and says Rumpelstiltskin, and uh, it's gives me like gives it's me chills. I and, just got some. Yeah, I just got some goosebumps. And, yeah, and so like I love reveals like that because they mm-hmm. it was it, it didn't happen until later in the season. Yeah, um, and it's like oh, you think that everybody in the 
you think that everybody doesn't know who they are, but he has all yeah. along, and it's great. I, the, the, one of the things that makes that moment work so well, there were two things. One, it was, I remember when that was airing, and there was a lot of speculation that was like, there was debates back and forth with people watching, of, does Rumpelstiltskin know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was fun that that was the confirmation for the people who thought he did. Um, but also... And to, the other part was it. it's also a scene between the two strongest performers on the show. Yes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was a good moment. And you and to compare it to this moment, it's so good. The way that Julie Benz does that switch mm-hmm. immediately, um, is very reminiscent. Well, I guess it more accurately, the way Robert Carlyle does that switch is reminiscent. Um, because one came after the other, but yeah, yeah. it's, um, and I agree. I love a moment like that where a character or where an actor, whether it's they're putting on an act and then revealing their true colors or if they're playing like a character with like dissociative identity or something, but being able to just do that switch. Um, uh, an actor who we'll meet later in this season gets to do this really wonderfully a lot in season five it's mm-hmm. literally all i can say without going into some spoilers but it's it's i mean it's it's it takes yeah. a lot of skill to do that mm-hmm. yeah but yeah and uh yeah so at this point um what has become like angel being pretty forceful on darla to get her to reveal herself and now she's like now Darla's just kind of super horny for angel oh, yeah she's like daddy give it to me <laughs> <laughs> um and as uh, she talks about how weak Angel became after he got a soul, and uh, but then Angel does point out that now she has a soul, and uh, like she wants to be this big bad evil person, but what she's doing is going to catch up with her, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, it's and obviously like Angel has figured out like oh so you are what Wolfram and Hart brought back in that box. Yeah, she has a line. That we both, I, we both like reacted to when she said it, but she goes on this like little rant about how it's like it doesn't matter what you do, blah 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 blah. And God, well, well wait, no wait. Oh, the, you have to have the imagery with it too, because um, he, because like she, she's just really starting to piss him off, and so he like he grabs her by mm-hmm. the throat, but then she pulls out a cross yes. and puts it oh. on his chest. And, it's and burning it starts him. burning him. And he doesn't I... fucking flinch. No, he, he does that. Yeah, he like... flinched, but he, he lets her do it. He doesn't stop her. Yeah, but then, um, but yeah, then Darla says, go ahead. God doesn't want you. And she's so... Yeah, Julie like, Benz lets No matter her... how good you think you're doing, God yeah. doesn't want you. Julie Benz lets that airy, high voice that she has, she lets it drop into this really nasty like raspy thing it is a beautiful moment for her um but but then she does also say that god doesn't want you but i do Mm -hmm. and she's like we can be we can everything can be the way that it used to be i just need to give you that one moment of happiness and then angel says you never made me happy oh boy oh boy and she's like and that fucking cheerleader did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fuck you angel <laughs> it is really though it is interesting that uh that one thing he says is like the only time that he it does seem to successfully 
crack this armor that she's built mm-hmm. around herself, um, which I like a lot. So yeah, so then um, so she's able to leave, but Angel can't follow her because you know sunset, uh, or the sun, he can't follow her because the sun is out. Um, so yeah, so I, I love a. Uh, the Buffy Wiki just says, Angel broods in his room. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It, it's true. Um, but yeah, Angel is sitting in his room trying to figure everything out. Um, knock on the door. And uh, and Cordelia and Wesley are there. And they're like, oh, we didn't see you all day. And uh, he says, like, don't worry, I haven't turned evil. So he kind of like knew that's what they were thinking. And Wesley did have a, um, did have like the Trank gun behind his back. No, 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 no. He didn't. Oh, Cordy, Cordy had it, and she passed it off. And, to him. Yeah, and then okay. when when he says he's not evil, you see Cordy like, gotcha, because gotcha. it's very. It was a, some good physical comedy from her. I love that. Um, I love that Cordelia, and maybe it's because Cordelia was the only one who saw it in person. But Cordelia is always the one who's at the ready, mm-hmm. just in case yeah. Angel. It it yeah starts it to do jealous. Absolutely makes sense that she is the one who is the most afraid of it happening because she has experienced mm-hmm. it. Um, and you know, and we've talked about this before. She's not experienced it to the full extent that like you know Buffy did, yeah. or Willow's goldfish did. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. But she definitely has a better experience or more under a better understanding of it than Wesley or Gunn, right? Um. So yeah, it's um, and it it also ties into Cordelia's complete lack of tact. Like yes, um, so it, it works on a couple but, layers for her. But yeah, but they are they are worried, and they're also probably a little um, they're also probably a little contrite because uh, you know Angel was right all along. Yeah. I mean he he didn't go about it in the most healthy of ways, but he was right, and um, they do say like oh well everything's moving against you like Wolfram and Hart. Darla and the police as well. So Angel just says, "Bring it on." Yeah. Um, and that is, uh, yeah, that is, dear boy. It's a good one. It's a, a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, that like all those all those moving pieces are like, as you said, similar to No Place Like Home. We get a lot of questions answered. Um, just uh, just like what. One, why they're using Darla of all, why Wolfram and Hart's using Darla of all people, and uh, kind of like a little bit of a look into what Darla's, what Darla's looking for, why mm-hmm. she's doing all of this. Um, it really seems like she's kind of just doing it to get a little closer to Angel, to get closer to Angel again. I mean, yeah. she, I don't think she gives fuck all what Wolfram and Hart. Oh, about. oh, I don't think so. She even says because she's like, um, she's like they want to turn you dark. And she's like, I know, it's trite, but they're only human. <laughs> but I, well, I think, no, I don't think. I think, I mean, I think we know at this point, I think we knew this back in Angel, or Buffy season one, that Darla does genuinely love Angel. Um, yeah, it, I mean, and, well, y- you honestly think, like, is there, like, a bond in Vampire Diaries? There is, but is there a bond, like, between... Uh, the vampire that sires you and um, that vampire. I mean, I I would say, based on the evidence we've seen, I mean, yeah, we definitely see this bond between um, Darla and Angel. Um, we saw it between Angel and Drusilla. Even after Drus- or Angel was re he still 
back in season two, he still like had kind of a soft spot for Drusilla. You mm-hmm. know, um, he was like, "Don't let her near you. She's she'll fucking kill you." But like, um, and a lot of that ties into the guilt he feels about what he did yeah. to her. But um, it's definitely. No, I don't want to say anything more because I can't remember if the next thing I want to say is a spoiler or not. So I won't. Um, but yeah, I think I think that I think it's fucked up. It's dark. It's deeply manipulative. But I do think it's also Darla's feelings for Angel are genuine. And I think you know. I well, think she it's... does say that. Um... That when Angel didn't have a soul, he was a vampire, that was, that he was a legend even bigger than her. hmm Yeah. Do you think that Angel, at this point, has uh, affection for Darla? Uh, maybe affection, affection's not the right word, but I'm trying to... I think, I, ha- I think so. I think there's a bond between them because yeah. otherwise, like you said earlier, this wouldn't have affected him yeah. as much. Like, I mean, if he was completely shut off from Darla, um, I mean, I'm sure that like it, it didn't feel great when he staked her back in Buffy season mm-hmm. one with a pull cue, no less. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, uh, but we didn't get to see that because at the time, Angel was a like guest character and yeah. we and he didn't get a lot more fleshing out until season two um but yeah i think this uh i think this and obviously like the episodes that we explore next are going to um they are going to show off a in no way healthy yeah. but still impactful relationship between the two yeah it's I'm I'm just love that we're here because it's just it's so wild to think like there was a time where Darla was just one of the master's minions. Mm-hmm. The slightly more memorable of them, but like that was all she was. And um and it was funny talking back through those episodes all those years ago, being like trying to like hold that in, like, but Darla's so much more than this. Like, like Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> Gosh, just just a couple more years, and we'll yeah. get we'll get like a big character arc for her. Oh my gosh! What do you think of the use of the flashbacks in this episode? You know, I feel like they are okay at um, demonstrating the uh, the relationship between the two. Um, I think that they are they seem a tad out of place, mm-hmm. not because. Not thematic-wise, but more just the... Uh, well, maybe thematic-wise is what I'm trying to say. But more because of... Um, it seems that with the Drusilla, like, since the flashbacks are focused on Drusilla, it seems weird that those show up now mm-hmm. and not when there's, like, an actual Drusilla appearance in Angel, like, in the present. So, I don't hate them, uh, but they do seem just a tad out of place. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that too. I think it's I I'm I appreciate that there's really only the two of them, mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't feel like we're just spending a lot of time in flashback. I do think that it they do show a lot of the same that we've seen in flashbacks between Darla and Angel. It's just you know, 
them killing some people. Um, what elevated them for me was like, oh, but we're going to see how he met Drusilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think it ties in a bit thematically with... Um, you know, then bringing out the monster in each other. Yeah, exactly, and 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 specifically like Darla's like, "Ooh, I've got this idea. It's fun. We're gonna fuck with this chick and kill her." And then Angel's like, "Yeah, but <laughs> like, and which ties into what Darla says later about like, yeah, I like turned into a vampire, but you were fucking evil, man." <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Anyway, any other other final thoughts about the episode altogether? Um, not really. Uh, yeah, the the fl- as I said before, the flashbacks seemed a little like uh, maybe a little like uh, awkwardly placed, but I didn't hate them. Uh, the only thing that really kind of annoyed me was Kate, um, and it, it and I mean I don't know if like the if the writers are trying to make me hate her. Uh, I mean if they are, good job guys. <laughs> yeah. But it really just kind of feels like such a drastic character change. Um, the arc does not feel even in the slightest for her. And uh, it it's more just like, oh, God, not another Kate scene. So, um, yeah, that... This is not like... A, this is not a five out of five episode. Um, in fact, I'm going to give it four out of five uh, really cool nifty recording devices. It's- yeah, it's going to be a four for me as well. Uh, four plates that Darla unnecessarily throws oh, in the trash. <laughs> Was there a trash can there? Did she just like throw it on the ground? Oh my floor? God, so funny. Um, yeah, everything about this episode works for me, except for the Kate stuff. And it's just, it's just, it's an arc for her that doesn't feel earned for the character. It doesn't feel... And it almost seems um, like... In these five episodes, sorry to cut you off, but in these five episodes, I feel like the show has grown considerably from what it was in season one. Mm -hmm. And Kate almost seems like a relic of season one. She really does. And so like, yeah, we were trying to figure out when was the last time we saw her. (laughs) It took us a while to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, neither of us are pleased to see her now. The conflict that Kate brings feels extremely manufactured it feels very written like you know in a way that the rest of the conflict like all the stuff between angel and darla the the conflict that arises between angel and his team during this episode all that feels very natural feels like a natural extension of what we've seen and what's happening whereas whereas it feels like the kate stuff really feels like the writers going well there has to be conflict between angel and kate it's like, and I'm not opposed to the idea of conflict between Angel and Kate, but it just, it feels so fake. Yeah. Um, and I, and I feel bad for Elizabeth Rom. I don't think she's doing a bad job. I just think she's getting really shitty material to work with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, four, four broken plates out of five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think the rest of the episode, especially that confrontation between Darla and Angel at the end, um, I mean... Like, Boreanaz and Ben's just fucking knock it out of the park. Yep. The episode makes a really good use of uh, Cordelia Gunn and Wesley as well. Like, 
they they never feel forgotten. That, that trio is gonna be uh, pretty important yep. uh, in this in this arc that we have here. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good episode, and I'm uh, I, I I love that for both of our both of our seasons now we're like we're firmly in it, mm-hmm. um, and I'm excited about what comes next. Well, speaking of what comes next, you want to take us yeah, out? Yeah, I do. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. Uh, we will be back next week with Buffy Season 5, Episode 6. It's a Tara McClay episode. It's guest starring Amy Adams. It's family. Family. La familia. I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij 357 And you can find me on Twitter talking about chili dogs at <laughs> just plain old Yami J. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Uh, I also, I write a blog, uh, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com, although I am taking a bit of a hiatus from it at the moment so I can uh, focus on working on some other projects because But my... that doesn't mean you can't look at previous entries. Yeah, look at previous entries. I will definitely be back uh, periodically to do, um, I'll need to cover Halloween Ends, obviously. Um, and finally put my thoughts down on paper about Halloween Kills. Uh, but for now, I, it's, it's, uh, I need to focus on some of my creative writing, which has taken a bit of a hit recently. So, uh, that's me. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all those cases, A and D. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Please, please, please give us a rating and review. It's very important. It helps more people find us. Yeah. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting, please tell me if I mispronounce this, the Alvin Ailey. All right. Alvin Ailey (laughs) Dance Foundation. The mission of Alvin Ailey Dance Foundation is to further the pioneering vision of the choreographer, dancer, and cultural leader cultural leader Alvin Ailey by building an extended cultural community which provides dance performances, training and education and community programs for all people. The performing arts this performing arts community plays a crucial social role using the beauty and humanity of the African American heritage and other cultures to unite people of all races, ages and backgrounds. Visit www.alvinailey.org that's a l v i n A-I-L-E-Y dot org for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay. And be horny. I mean, yeah. (laughs) In this episode. (laughs)